This is a Crib Room podcast. Bringing you industry news, views and happenings. It's time for another Crib Room podcast and welcome along. We're catching up with the team from Beacon Minerals yet again. 2,362 ounces of gold produced in August as their production update came through with 46,151 dry tons milled for the month and gold sales for the month of August at 1,706 ounces at an average sale price of 2,557 an ounce for the sale receipts of $4.36 million. Beacon Minerals are joining us again for another Crib Room podcast and joining us today is the Managing Director in Graham McGarry, Executive Chairman in Jeff Greenhill and Executive Director Alex McCulloch. Uh, Graham, first of all to you, a bit of an overview from our last podcast and some results have recently come out to market for August and the August production update showed 2,362 ounces of gold produced for the month. You've been pretty consistent with releasing information on a monthly basis, generally about uh, about the 10-day mark of the month. Just tell us a bit more about August and the production figures for Beacon. Yes, the production was stable in August and we, we believe that we'll make the upper level of our production for that we've uh, projected for September quarter. So we'll be up towards 6,800 ounces for the quarter. Okay, any indication on where you sit? Because I think it was, what, a couple of hundred extra that was managed to be part of August figures? Oh, well, look, uh, the August was, uh, I think it was up slightly, but... September will be similar, so 6,800 will be of the order of magnitude. Okay. Jeff, looking at some of the options for reviewing the output, can you discuss what some of those options are and uh, what they could involve? Yeah, we can do that, Glenn. Um, the last couple of months we've been running um, with a smaller screen size ahead of the sag mill. That's had um, an improvement in throughput for us. Um, but we're currently looking at putting in a, um, a gravity circuit and part of that installation, while most metallurgists would say it's um, not going to help you with your throughput, but what it'll enable us to do is to take a bleed off of some of the gravity tailings and reduce the circulating load on the sagmill circuit. So that'll be the next big increase that we'll get from the changes in the processing. And that obviously has a big output effect, obviously. I suppose not, not a huge one, but it just makes things a lot more economical. And the mill that you run is of the economical standards anyway, isn't it? Yeah, look, um, if we can get another 10 tonnes an hour of um, increase in the throughput, that does make a significant um, reduction in our um, ton, cost per tonne of milling and it'll certainly improve the output of gold from the circuit. So it mightn't be a great increase, but it'll certainly improve things. The difference between your August and July figures for your ore and waste volumes is in the tune of about 20-odd thousand. Can we see that sort of 20,000 coming on back? That's the, in, in the mining area. Yes. Um, look, that's probably handled best by Alex, I think. What, what the change in the mining's been? Yeah, look, I mean, the mining's not really critical. We've got over a year's mill feed sitting on the deck um, because we, we increased the mining effort in panel one and, and we were into panel two and they're very low strip ratio um, areas. They're less than one to one strip ratio. So the mining really doesn't affect the mill in any way because we could literally stop mining today and still be milling in 12 months time. Not that that's what we're gonna do. Mm. Um, but so yeah, the mining is, is well advanced of the milling campaign and we're very lucky to have that situation. We've spoken about the clay soils, and this is a question without notice here, but we've spoken about the clay soils. Is that just to have a bit of a build-up? Should that clay soil become a little bit too wet to process? Yeah, look, the clays, uh, 
look, it's fair to say they're not as big a challenge as what they were when we started out. We can handle them now. We've learned to love them. They Are they easy to process? They're not, but with a lot of um, trial and error and some good experience, um, we've got a plant that, that, that gobbles them up um, at, a, at a very nice rate. Now, over to you, Graham, to talk a bit more about the, the hedging and what continues there. Uh, previously, you've been looking at even six months in advance, and your latest production report shows that it's only three months in advance, and that continues for September with 1,000 ounces at 2531. Uh, for October, it's 1,000 at 2528, and for November, it's 1,000 at 2525 uh, for a total of 3,000 ounces over the course of the next three months at 2528. Just describe your hedging policy for us because we had that six months forward planning. It wasn't a rolling plan. It was just a, a set plan for six months and we're just eating into that. Uh, originally, the hedging was done to protect the ability to repay the debentures within the time frame, and the earliest repayment date is the second week of October. So obviously with the cash at the bank now, we've got the debentures well and truly covered and we'll always have gold uh, in the circuit or in various stages, which Jeff will talk about a bit later. So we're in a strong financial position to repay the debentures, so there's a, a lower necessity or, uh, to have any hedging in place. Well, we've waited about three or four questions to get into debentures because I know it's a talking point and it's one that you've included in your in your notices out to the market in the last little while. So let's talk about that. $18 million in debentures, you've, you've, you've pinpointed on one of these podcasts to us before that uh, you know you look at it in October for 2020. That's when the, you, you, know, you can start to pay it on back. Last time you spoke, you said that's still a while from a decision. Has we got any update here, Graham, that you can provide? Oh, uh, we will have a, a board meeting at the end of September, and clearly at the end, at that board meeting we'll make a decision. But I think it's a moving first. The most likely outcome is that we will repay the debentures because we do pay 12% interest. But there's many things happening, there's many moving parts, and to make a comment on that uh, other than that is uh, not possible. Okay, Graham, thank you very much. Over to you, Jeff, and just going to talk a bit more about the buffer that you've got. There's about 1,500 ounces at the moment in hand. Just tell us about why the, that sort of buffer exists. Uh, Glenn, that's uh, an unusual circumstance, August. Um, part of the reason for that is that every month we will have a significant quantity of gold that's um, been produced but hasn't been physically poured into a bar. So the 1500 basically represents two of those. Um, and I think part of the reason for in August was that I look after the, the actual selling and sometimes I'm not happy with the price or I think we're going to get a little bit more. So the, there is a delay and that's what happened in August. So we had some uh, mid-August production that was held over and not sold till very late in the month. Mm -hmm. um, and until the money's in the bank, it's not considered as sold. So it was, in fact, sold. No worries. And that's why, that's why that happened. Alex, we had an exploration uh, update uh, during the month of August as well. Back on the 31st of August, exploration had resumed on your near-mine tenements. Let's talk a bit more about this because the latest uh, announcement reveals that you're about a third of the way through that. Um, first of all, let's talk about the Cat South. The res uh, there's a bit of a resource definition that's happening with that one with reverse circulation for about 2,000 metres. Yep, so the ResDef drilling at, at Black Cat South is complete, although we have no assays. Um, sure. So that will be a pit, um, not a very big pit, but it'll be a pit. Um, so what we're really doing now is just turning that into a mature resource and then we'll turn it into a reserve and we'll put it into the mine plan and that'll be mined uh, in the next three or four years um, at this stage. So um, unfortunately, 
Uh, a fair bit of the drilling's complete. We've probably completed 70% of the of the 20,000 metres we announced, but virtually no assays back or nothing that we can really talk about. Sure, we'll talk about those assays separately. Um, the reverse circulation at Golden Cat, this is for an alluvial area? Yeah, so the, so the, the Golden Cat, the Lynx and the Alley Cat, um, it's a bit of an exciting time for us because whilst we, we knew there were some interesting soil anomalies there, um, well when we were sort of paying or getting to a position where we were debt free and that sort of stuff we didn't have a lot of capacity to go and drill holes so this is pretty exciting now so we're going and, and putting some holes in some areas that we think have got some real potential but um but the drill rig and the assay lab will tell the um the entail part of the exploration update in your last uh, update too from uh, august for which was released in September, shows that uh, the Lost Dog East is uh, is paleo. Is that uh, a continuation of the extension of the Lost Dog? It's certainly a continuation of the paleo channel. It goes all the way to um, the easternmost tenement we have, which is which is near the the um, the Coolgardie North Road. Um, whether it's mineralised or not, which is one of the reasons we're doing some drilling, but. Uh, look, suffice to say, we will be drilling that paleo channel to the east for years to come, I would say, because it's there's, there's nearly 20 kilometres of strike length and, and you know, you obviously can do some and then we've got to go and look at some of these other tenements we've got to the north to um, to see where we can get to. And one last one that I do want to mention is the Stockman's prospecting leases, uh, sorry, prospecting licences here. You've got some air core that's due. That's about 5,000 metres that you've estimated in that area. Yeah, so that's the bit of drilling that we haven't started yet, but uh, quite an exciting area because that's um, that's a geological change between the um, the ultramafic or the greenstone and the granite. So, quite an interesting area, and very keen to get some holes into it. And that'll happen. Um, that drilling will start probably in the next two or three weeks, um, and it'll probably take a couple of three weeks to do. Um, just while we're there, I'd like to just give a shout out to Cam Ellery and his. A company prospect drilling so they've do the, done the drilling for us this time and they've done a great job they're a local Kalgoorlie boulder based business that have just started up and they've um they're really doing a good job for us out there and that is one that uh, you're very passionate about at beacon minerals is supporting locals and i know graham's really pushed that envelope in recent times and and says you know if it can be done locally we'll get it done locally Yep, and this part of the mantra, this guy's gone out on his own, taken a big risk, and we've backed him, and he's he's provided a tremendous service in, a, in for a company that's really only been going for, for liter- literally a few months. Alex, also the market is in pain, and when I say that pain, it's a, it's a pain that there's a lot of demand for services at the moment, whether they be the milling services, the drilling companies, or whatnot. What's your take on the market return of assays? Have you had some sort of a heads up for that, uh, or have you got a, a bit of a timeline that you guys are aware of of, of those sorts of results being known? Um, look, we we typically use ALS for the for the um, exploration type assays, and look, we understand they're under the pump, they're, they're struggling to get people and that sort of stuff. We're not dying in the ditch for any of these assays, so we'll be patient. And um, it's not just the assays. I mean, we we obviously do a lot of logging and we try and understand the geology. So um, we've had geologists hanging off the rigs for the last three four weeks. Uh, they've got a lot of office work to do now to tie everything together. So yes, it's nice to see good numbers but it's just important to understand the geology. Um, so there's a lot of processing that'll be done over the next oh, month, I would say, um, and then we'll be in a better position to hopefully plan phase two, phase three, whatever we get to. Okay, so there's a fair bit happening in that exploration, and I think that the shareholders, Graham, have made contact with you to say it's great that we're able to, to see some exploration happening for Beacon Minerals because we're in a bit of a holding pattern towards the start to the mid of uh, 2020. Yeah, no, that's correct, Glenn. And 
obviously we're, we're excited about the exploration that's taking place, uh, obviously within close proximity to the Geordie plant. So therefore that's where we would get the best value for for Beacon shareholders is by finding something else uh, within a short radius, a close radius of the plant. Now, uh, we've had plenty of listener questions. They do like to uh, listen into our podcast with Beacon Minerals from right across all parts. We've had uh, emails in from Victoria. We've had people who have been sharing our information in the international stages as well. So we've got a, a handful of questions here from our listeners. First of all, Jason asks, will you be conducting another tour of Beacon prior to Diggers and Dealers 2020? There was one conducted last year. Yeah, Daniel Bowler organised the uh, tour last year and if he's able to organise another one, we'll go again. Uh, I'm not sure whether it'll be prior to Diggers and Dealers or shortly thereafter. Okay, Alex, to you, are you looking at any prospects that are closer to Kalgoorlie Boulder? Uh, yes, several. Um, and we're having discussions with some other parties, but you know, pretty much they're commercial incompetence. Sure. So that's from Phil. Mickey Blue asks, what's the update on Timor Lest? We haven't heard too much on this one, but Alex, there has been some, some decisions from the government up there. Yeah, so they have passed the first tranche of a mining act, which is a, which is a big deal because they've never had a mining act in place. So there is some other legislation that has to go with that. So that's important. Um, the, our our endeavours up there or our input has really been curtailed by COVID-19, but we keep a watching brief. Um, we are in contact with some of the, the, the key people up there, but um, there has been a change of government as well as an change in some of the administration areas. So We'll, um, we'll catch up when we can. Okay. Shirley asks uh, an open question to all three. With the gold price still up, has there been interest from any larger mining companies in Beacon? I suppose you can uh, dance around this one as much as you can. <laughs> well, without trying to burly up the water, there has been, but um, we're busy trying to make sure that we make money for our shareholders. And um, we've always said if it was accretive to our shareholders, we'd look at any deal, um, but it'd have to be a good one. Aidan wants to know if it is a surprise to you that there has not been a jump in share price when you consider gold price and the company bordering on being debt-free. Graham, I suppose this one's for you. Oh, look, there's always comments like that and we, we just have to take on board what the market is the market and, and the uh, market will price beacon accordingly. So we, we're probably a, a low-profile company. We accept that. Uh, that we're low profile but that is by choice uh, the board is uh, conscious of that and we'll just continue to do the best we can uh, and keep the market informed appropriately steve asks if you're looking at other prospects and you've pinpointed alex that you, you had a couple of things that were on the go at the moment the fact that you are from kalgoorlie and boulder with your head office in the bustling town of boulder you looked at timor would you consider other prospects outside of the goldfields or even wa uh, the answer is yes, we would, um, as long as they are accretive to our business. Um, it's a lot easier to do business around Kalgoorlie Boulder, um, and that's our preference, but if there was something that jumped out of the box, we'd um, we'd certainly look at it. And Rod wants to know a bit more about Rodney Johns. I don't know if this is Rod who's asking about himself, but um, <laughs> he wants to know his background and what he does bring to the team about his recent role with Rand and Tribune, and would that help with future prospects that are around the Coolgardie area? Well, I think it's probably fair to say that Rod's been where we'd like to go. So um, Rod's a metallurgist by trade, um, but in a previous um, life, he headed up La Mancha Resources in Australia. He did the feasibility study, put the funding together to build the Mungari plant that subsequently Evolution purchased. But um, Rod's operated at a very high level. Uh, he's a very smart 
thinker and he was born and bred in the gold fields and he talks Kalgoorlie English. So he's a good fit for our company. Okay, Beacon Minerals joining us today. Uh, that wraps up the more formal part of our podcast. Greeny, I want to come over to you because it's approaching on time where you're hanging up your um, uh, your lanyard out there at um, Beacon Minerals and at the Geordie plant. How are you going? Yeah, going very well, Glenn. Um, a lot of people over the recent years have said, why don't you slow down a bit and smell the roses? So I've been doing that, and with the gold price where it is, the roses are smelling a little bit like brand new $100 notes to me. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, retiring, certainly off the board of Beacon. It certainly won't mean I'll be stopped working. Yep. Um, and I'd just like to say to, that what Alex is saying is that uh, Rod's appointment to the board will bring some real real talent, and uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing when I've gone the uh, the progress that gets made in terms of the corporate activity that's likely to happen. It's uh, it's fantastic to see that uh, you know you're going to still have those irons in the fire, aren't you? When you when you've gone, no doubt you'll be picking up the Fin Review or listening into another podcast with Beacon Minerals, finding out what's going on with the company, and still keeping that keen interest. I'll, I'll listen intently to the podcast, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good to have you on board and also good to have the, the rest of you as well, Alex and also Graham with us. Graham, you've been around Kalgoorlie for a long time. The The nature of the mining industry at the moment is pretty pretty high up and uh, where we're seeing you know, the bustling town of uh, Kalgoorlie and Boulder, um, the way that we're seeing a, a lot being invested into the mining industry at the moment, and this is not just Beacon Minerals Focus, but the mining industry as a whole has got to be pretty pretty much a, a string of confidence for you and for those people who are around the mining industry? Well, I think uh, Calgary's in a, or Calgary Boulder and the Eastern Goldfields is in a fantastic position. Six weeks ago, I made the comment that uh, there was a lot bubbling under the surface. Well, this morning, I noticed uh, on the way out to Geordie that the Linus plant, the first uh, dirt has been turned on the Linus plant. That is a very big step for Calgary. Uh, it'll have a huge impact on the community and across the road uh, the city of Calgary Boulder is doing a lot of planning on developments for four or five uh, groups to move into that area across the road from Linus and I think that people will be shocked by what happens to Calgary and the immediate area around Calgary in the next two to three years. There's tremendous growth opportunities. Uh, obviously there's people needed to, to for those growth opportunities to Evolve. People in Calgary should look forward to a great time over the next 10 or 20 years. Tell you what, uh, both yourself and Greeny have been on podcasts before, and we've had Alex as well. Alex has normally had one or two questions, but he's taken over today. Uh, Graham, do you give him a little bit of a, a critique of his work? Oh, well, he's very forthright in what he says, and uh, I think that's important. We have obviously some interesting debates about different uh, situations, and that's the important thing when you're running a business that. Uh, people aren't just uh, following uh, a leader. With Beacon, Alex spends a lot of time on site uh, and he also does spend time in Perth, which is uh, pretty important and he has people down there that he's in contact with regularly. So I think uh, Beacon, the next step will be an important step for Beacon. Uh, this means in terms of outside Geordie, it'll be an important step, but I'm sure that the board will critically examine whatever management puts on the table. Jeff, Graham, Alex, thanks very much for your time. Beacon Minerals here in the Crib Room podcast. Gents, thanks again. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, thanks Glenny. This podcast has been sponsored by Beacon Minerals. The Crib Room series of podcasts are produced by Industry Link Media. Subscribe to podcasts via your audio platform and via industrylinkmedia.com. This is a Crib Room podcast.